Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Hey, Louie. What's up, Lo? Hey. You know, feeling like things are a little fishy because yeah. we're talking about fish today, seafood. Um, and that's because we have the wonderful chef Dan Cromer on, who obviously around town in Vegas is known for his amazing fish, uh, mm-hmm. especially at Other Mama. Dan's the best. Okay. So talk about your favorite fish. I believe it's tuna, right? Of tuna. For all you sushi lovers out there, please go to a reputable sushi place. Because if you think that the indication of great tuna is red meat, well, you're probably wrong. Great tuna is actually kind of like deep, like maroon to the brown color. If it's bright red, it's probably been gassed. Oh, geez. Yep. So gassing actually is a way of like kind of extending the fish's uh, shelf life. It actually masks the odor and makes the the meat like almost bright pink. So watch out for that. Common misconception. A great tip. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, my favorite fish is halibut, which you can also have as sushi. Um, I prefer it grilled. Uh, I love when it's like grilled halibut. You really can't beat that. And I've heard that when you're actually fishing for halibut in Alaska, which is one of the things my husband loves doing, like they do it right on the fucking boat right there. And that's probably like the best way you could possibly eat halibut. You know, it's like you catch the halibut and then they grill it right there on the boat, which would be Um, My fun fact is that halibut is so freaking big. It can be up to eight feet long, uh, five feet wide and up upwards of 500 pounds and so what my husband was telling me is that many times like when you go halibut fishing they'll actually shoot the halibut after they catch it yeah the only way to kill it they harpoon it they shoot it and or sometimes they take a bat and hit it over the head to kill it whoa no 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 bats that yeah they do that in alaska no but uh it sounds not very humane to me uh but this is what fishermen do there's lots of atrocities. I mean, have you seen the cove? Uh, yes, and oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, that. Yeah, I literally cried through half of that. that. Well, anyway, like it's good um, to see to spread a little bit of awareness about what you're eating because you're not supposed to eat like too much tuna either because it's a predatory fish and you know there's like high levels of mercury. So right. watch your seafood. As much as we love our our uh, all you can eat sushi buffets, yes. watch your seafood because it's got mercury. Um, You've got. Yes. Uh, this is the Seafood Watch app, which is actually really hard to see on here. But um, yeah. you can download it um, in your app store. Uh, cool. Also, just go to seafoodwatch.org and just, you know, chiming in on what you were talking about. This is really one of the best ways to 
it's every day updated. And so that you know, as you go to a restaurant or when you buy stuff at the grocery store or fishmonger, um, it tells you what the best choices are. And usually there's a good choice, even for like say halibut or tuna, there's a good choice, um, which is like the favorable choice on their website, the best choice. And then there's good alternatives, which is sort of like the medium version. And then they have the in red avoids. All right, perfect. So let's move on to Louise BFF, Chef Dan Cromer. <laughs> All right, Lou, today we are chatting with Chef Dan Cromer from La Monja, from Other Mama and Hatsumi. How's it going, Chef? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Super excited. So um, we got to ask you, uh, how's it going in these fucking crazy times? <laughs> Uh, I've been getting like all kinds of, you know, thoughts and prayer messages since it stopped, you know, just, you know, cause the restaurants were a big highlight and stuff and people wondering how I was doing. And I've actually been doing amazing. I have a farm an hour outside of Vegas where I just moved out there and things are getting funky and it's been getting tons of sunshine and exercise and, uh, planting things and getting all the produce ready for the restaurants. And, um, I haven't had this much outdoor activities in probably 20 years and it's, uh, good to remind yourself to kind of check in with those things and spend some time regrouping and coming up with a strong plan for, you know, I don't believe in this whole, like, this is the new norm thing, but just a good reboot and we're all feeling recharged. Yeah. A lot of us are getting a lot of vitamin D lately. That's good. Um, mm -hmm. so, so really, of course, both of us want to congratulate you because congratulations are in order. You are on a very, very short list at this point of people nominated for the James Beard Award. Um, what's that like for you? Yeah, how does it feel? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, this whole year is pretty surreal, obviously. It's just kind of trippy with different stuff, good and bad. And um, uh, it was a real honor to, you know, people are sending me like messages like, congratulations, congratulations. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> Um, it was a real honor and it was really exciting to see how excited people are just for the city in general to be getting recognition and to uh, be part of that, you know, that, that wagon going to Chicago, uh, representing Las Vegas is really cool. Um, I'm very proud and it's been, I've only been out here for seven years now, but just to see all the change and growth and momentum and the collaboration, especially with the off strip restaurants lately, uh, it's, 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 it's very humbling to, uh, have that honor. So these are freaking crazy times. So at this point, what's the status of your three restaurants? Just so people out there, because we always get questions like what's open, what's not, like dine in, dine out, blah, blah, blah. Like kind of right. tell us where you're at on that. We've been on a limited menu because uh, we really focus on daily seafood and stuff. Uh, that's tough because that's a whole industry that's been affected as well. So they're kind of yes. getting their stuff together. Um, you know, because all of our oysters are, are one day out of the water you know, doing a lot of live stuff, you know, this isn't stockpiles in some freezer that we can just move from one place to another. Uh, these are uh, ecosystems of, you know, people that need to get stuff moving and flowing on a daily basis. So we're trying to grow appropriately with that and, mm -hmm. you know, making sure we're sticking to our philosophy on the kind of products that we use. And, um, you know, just being real, just, just go about this real slow and sure and not trying to freak out. Um, downtown's obviously a little different beast. You know, it's much more rougher on the edges there's a lot more kind of uh transient stuff there's a lot more energy a lot more tourists uh so i want to play a little safer down there um 
you know, at other mama, we're a little more in the suburbs, so it's a little more of a regular clientele. We can really control it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. And we're just playing it day by day. Um, most importantly, staff is safe. Customers are safe. It's not about money right now. It's not about trying to be creative. It's about just having some simple, straightforward food that's affordable and approachable. And how do we make it more approachable and more accessible right now? Um, instead of trying to, you know, show off as a chef or, you know, try to be too cool right now. It's just about being part of the community. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Speaking of downtown, and more specifically Hatsumi, I want to talk about the original artwork uh, by Depressed Monsters there. Uh, Their work is meant to alleviate the stigma around speaking about mental health. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about, you know, in this time period especially, a lot of people need to be cognizant of their mental health and the mental health of their loved ones. So why is it important to you to have that particular artwork in your restaurant? You know, when people start talking about mental health, something that's uh, been a big thing on, in my uh, in my mind these past few years uh, with my own, you know, uh, issues. Plus, you know, how does the 40-year-old version of uh, a chef contribute to the benefits and, and growth of that? Uh, but Ryan and I started talking. And then we, just, we probably talked for like two hours. We just started going and going. It was, you know, just, felt, just bouncing ideas off each other. And uh, it's kind of one of those, like, you don't know what this is, but we're going to keep talking just because it just feels right kind of thing. And we're deciding artwork in there and um, just kept talking. And it just seemed like a perfect fit. Um, I mean, obviously, he's got artwork across the street. So the whole, you know, just Mm -hmm. the aesthetics part part of it was cool. And um, that stuff's important to me. I think everything that Ryan's doing is important with that. Uh, I, you know, people... I've, I've been in rehab before. I've been to AA meetings before. I've been to therapy before. I've done you know, these things and I have no shame in it. And I believe it's some personal growth. And I think that stigma of, you know, feeling like you're alone with your own problems is a big reason why people's problems become worse. And yeah. it's uh, something that's been for me. It's like the more accolades I've gotten, the more actually humility I like to show uh, because I encourage younger chefs or anybody, you know, to just say, screw it. And fuck it. It's time. You know, we've got one life to live. Uh, there's lots of people around us that are all struggling and going through stuff. And I hope someone could look at me and kind of maybe someone could say, oh, he's done well. And people, you know, are do that and he's getting this and that and be like, oh, wow, well, he's still got a bunch of crap, too. All right. You know, I'm not so weird. And I, you know, hope in any way I could at least convey that, you know, I'm just as weird as the next person and we're all uh, struggling in this together one of the major reasons why we started this podcast in the first place uh, came out of, you know, the super tragic event for us of Anthony Bourdain taking his own life. And it really opened up, um, you know, people talking about mental health, especially in our community. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it has, you know, in the last year taken away some of that stigma about talking about it and actually shown, you know, how important it is. Uh, How, it's been like almost a year now. Actually, it's been a year since his death and it's been almost a year since uh, Bourdain Day, the day that Chef uh, Jose Andres and Eric Ripair, um tried to get you know the world to talk more about Anthony Bourdain and the situation surrounding you know, everything with him. Um, how has it affected you or did it affect you, you know, when that happened and how that went down? Did it make you reassess anything with yourself? Uh, you know, when that stuff happened, it made me kind of mad because I... You know, I'm not trying to sound morbid, but I can see myself going down that path, not saying like of just suicide, but of losing yourself and, um, you know, in extremes and traveling and things just never being enough. And I don't know what it's like to see all the points of the world. You know, that's 
what happens when you feel like there's no more doors to open and, you know, you have seen all this stuff and you start seeing the shady side of, you know, uh, being a celebrity and, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's scary because you don't know what you're asking for in life. You know, you want, you see other people, you push for it and you're, that just looks amazing. Oh my God, that guy's got that car and that hot wife. He must be so happy. And these, you know, these girls have the coolest podcast and they must both be so cool. And they go into a coffee shop. Everyone must say hi to them and their lives are great. And, you know, we all make these easy, quick kind of like judgments and stuff. Uh, but you know, it's like when you meet a celebrity in person, you're like, Oh, he's just a normal dude. Nothing special. And, um, there's a big human factor that we all just need to take, take things seriously. And, uh, we all think that we're not really in control of these things. Um, you know, my big stuff these days is that I do think that we not think, I know that we have a personal responsibility with depression. Um, you know, if you're not doing your part and at least trying to get some exercise, some sunshine, communicating to other people, uh, watching your, uh, I mean, alcohol abuse, major, uh, drug and other stuff, you know, doing your part, you know, and then, and then say, you know, I have something up with me that I can't control and, you know, start talking about medication and start you know, going from there. Right. But, you know, at this point in my life, if I'm going to sit around at 40 years old and think that a bottle of Jameson's my answer to a shitty week and I'm going to feel better the next day, it's not going to work like that. And the older I'm getting, it's working less and less. Um, and uh, it's a big, you know, it's a real check that like our happiness is on us. And if we're going to stare at Netflix and see some cool and expect that's supposed to be our end game and that's cool and it's magical and there's unicorns at the end of the road, that's not the case. You know, we need to make unicorns where we're at right now and make our lines with stuff, be okay with stuff and be in the present. Uh, you started your culinary career at Makuni in Sacktown, yep. freaking yep. Cowtown. And um, I was actually a news anchor over there at KXTV in Sacramento. And oh, wow. that was my jam back in the anchor days, Makuni. They had that barbecue tuna there that was pretty badass. Um, oh, man. You know that one. <laughs> Random fact. Um, I learned while working there that that city produces 95% of California's rice. Uh -huh. And I'm sure you know this. Japanese food is freaking bomb there, partly because of that. Uh, yep. What was your experience like in Sacktown? I think Sacramento is one of the most underrated food towns in the country. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Maggie's agricultural place. I mean, you're you're getting all the same products that they're using at the French Laundry. Um, you know, everywhere Napa and stuff. You know, the Delta, the asparagus, the salmon, meats, and all that stuff. The thing with the food culture in Sacramento is it's no frills. There's no, uh, it's not trying to take a piece of chicken and dice it up and put it back together and put it on a plate and make it stand on top of each other. Uh, a lot of the guys I work for, it's very much from like the Chez Panisse, Berkeley mantra of kind of knowing where your food comes from, very, you know, slow food. It's this chicken from this guy that was eating this, that's cooked perfectly with a little bit of local vegetables and, I remember I started with sushi, I was in Makuni's, and I went to go work, um, you know, for some regular restaurants there. Coming from like the Japanese and sushi, I was trying to make everything look all perfect, and I'm doing this and that, and the chef's just like yelling at me. He's just like, flavor over trying to make it look right. Flavor first, flavor first, <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not all of like New York, but it's a little more of an East-West kind of style thing. Um, 
you know, David Chang was ripping Alice Waters apart before like, oh, what are you going to do? Just put an orange on the plate for dessert, you know? And sometimes an orange is that good. Uh, yeah. So I'm very blessed that I've started in the Sacramento area. Makuni was fun. Uh, that was 1998 when, you know, shrimp tempura rolls and all that was taken off. Every sushi bar was a martini rock and roll pickup place. <laughs> I've I've listened to every cover band there is in Sacramento. I can't listen to funk music anymore. Oh, good God. <laughs> um, I've worked probably every sushi bar in Sacramento. Um, it was great. And I did that for a while. And I wound up moving, getting a job in Japan. Um, worked there for a couple of years. Went back to Sacramento. And it's kind of a big, small town. Yes. And that, you know, I kind of realized I kind of, it's a whole Kevin Bacon thing. I've worked with someone who's worked for someone. And it was just very incestuous. So that's yeah. when I uh, moved, to Los moved to Los Angeles after that but uh i love going back to sacramento there's some great things going on there not just you know what's on the plate but just good human uh how they're taking care of like uh those in need homeless and stuff um there's just some really cool things going on there so people should definitely be watching sacramento so uh let's talk a little bit more about local because you did bring that up uh right. tell us about first of all how you decided to go over the hump which is what we call it here in Las Vegas, to Perum. Uh, tell us uh, about your farm over the hump and all that. I thought that was a reference to turning 40. <laughs> <laughs> no, new hump's about like 50 or 60, right? 40 is a new 20. 40 is a new 20 because we discover self-awareness. something I uh, want for my own restaurants, uh, plus just as a human and a consumer in Vegas. Um, so there was a large operation here. It was a lettuce company that went bankrupt. Uh, bought the property, um, was really busy with the restaurants last year. And the goal is to be growing the, the, the produce for the three. And uh, obviously that slowed down a little bit. Um, when everything started going down, I really just like, grabbed my gun and a handful of clothes and my toothbrush and um, came up here and was just went full bore on it and really was just getting everything cranking. And um, I'm not drinking anymore and was just kind of thinking about what I do in Vegas. I was like, I work and I go to a bar and sleep. I was like, I'd rather just be out here. So I rented my house out and I completely moved out here. And uh, now I've just been learning. I, I've done a lot of farming stuff, but this is the first on a larger scale um, and just playing around with it, seeing what grows out here. Um, and also like what's an enjoyable amount. You know, there are certain points I had too much going on and I said, Hey, this isn't, this isn't Fine. making me happy. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the point here? You know, is it my pride? I just want to see something grow or is this something you're really going to use and having a plan? Um, we're looking at some other development things about, you know, creating a zero waste program about how can we be using all parts of the plants and everything, making, you know, tinctures to syrups and uh, uh, marinades and stuff and byproducts, collecting green waste from the restaurants, um, everything from oyster shells to coffee grinds and things like right. that. Um, and also have an area up here. This is actually a commercial area where I can put a little small kind of restaurant food lab. So I like to eventually kind of have something up here where just inviting friends and different people kind of just play around and just have an environment that's just kind of outside hanging out, uh, but playing around with food, you know, in a non kind of judgmental pressure way. Um, and just kind of working on the, and the 40 year old version of me is not too into just trying to create some crazy dishes and be wildly, you know, showing off it's I'm into infrastructure and logistics and how can I improve the quality of the products we're using at the restaurants? How can I, 
with that in turn, maybe help open a pipeline to some other products that other people can use in Vegas. That's not only going to improve the quality, but support other ranchers and farmers. Um, Cause it's hard in Vegas. You know, that that's the game is getting stuff in there. And there's a lot of conglomerates that have a stronghold on the majority of that. And at the end of the day, as chefs, we, you know, we don't have as much control over what we get to put on the plate as we'd like to right now. And especially now. Yeah. Yeah, especially right now. And right now, it really it, it exposed that even more, you know, is saying kind of it showed, you know, how limited that supply is. It just takes like Cisco to have problems to shut down Newport Meats and Santa Monica Seafood and all these other people that they're actually Big Brother distributing for. Um, and, you know, everything that we saw with the, um, uh, the meat packing issues and stuff like that during this and the quality. And, you know, I, I don't think anyone's running to eat a hamburger at this moment. Um, and, you know, so again, too, people all of a sudden were like, oh my God, you know, before they're like, oh, it's cool to know your food comes from like, yeah, sustainability, man. That's like, great. And now people were like, where did this come from? Who touched it? I really want to know yeah, because I don't right. want to die. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh my God, that's not a fad anymore. That's not a trendy, like, ooh, organic. It's like, uh, this is a human thing. And this is my right and responsibility. You know what I'm putting in my body and fuck you. Like where is this coming from? And, and but people also need some education too. You know, people as consumers, it's, it's confusing. It's they're lost, scary. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and people are willing to pay for quality, but they also need some education too. So it's been great. A lot of people doing these videos and different things. And, you know, do you want to know why? Yeah. There's that $9 tuna at, a, you know, X grocery store that's you know sitting there. It looks red. And it's only $9 a pound and, you know, it doesn't look frozen and all this stuff. And then I'm trying to sell you a tuna at $15 a pound. And you're like, why? And yours looks darker. I'm like, yeah. well, you know, let me explain how this tuna is gassed and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I can guarantee you the moment you saw that thing come out of that little, you know, cryovac bag with all that juice come out of there. And I told you that story, you wouldn't touch that stuff with a 10 foot pole. We have Chef Show and Tell with Dan Cromer. What you got for us, Dan? For me, like a lot of chefs think it's really important to bring in a bunch of fancy stuff in the kitchen and like you need certain things to do certain jobs and that's kind of a stigma I like to get away with uh I've worked a lot of sushi bars where guys are bringing in like $1,500 knives $3,000 knives and they sit there and then try to parade around but uh the best guys have always worked for they kind of look at you and they slap on their the top of their forearm and say this is this is the best tool that you have and it's important to be working on yourself uh to make sure it's not about the tools that you're bringing, but it's about the person you're bringing in and how you're using them and what you're going to do with them and that intention. Uh, so I just recommend that everyone uh, work on themselves and bring the best version of themselves to work. And I guarantee you'll produce the best thing that you're supposed to be creating. Very philosophical, Dan. Yes, that's so <laughs> awesome. That's something that we should all chew on. <laughs> yeah, think deeply. Definitely. All right. So we're going to move on to on the fly. And this section, Dan, is just 60 seconds rapid fire questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Dan Cromer, your quarantine comfort food. Country pate and cornichon sandwich from the French Breakery in uh, uh, Pahrump. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so bougie. Cat or dog person? Dog, 100%. Do you have a binge-worthy show that you're watching? No, because I... I'm an addict, and uh, if, if I was binge watching it, it's already done. Dream place to travel and eat. My mom's house. 
childhood food craving. My, my most comfort child thing my mom made for me was uh, hormel chili with no beans and uh, egg noodles. Best self-care move. Quitting drinking. Okay, what's a go-to restaurant spot for you, one that always delivers? EDO. Agreed. Awesome, agreed. What music inspires your cooking? Sturgill Simpson. What haven't you done that you really want to do? Ooh, I was thinking about this recently, going to submarine. Your dream job? Uh, to be traveling the, the world, looking for the best uh, seafood for my restaurant group. Nice. All right, so we're gonna end it with selling it, Dan Cromer. Uh, this is your chance to just sell it for your restaurants or sell it for mental health. You can, this is your time. Say whatever you want. This is your last thing. Uh, Louie already knows me. Take me as I am. I don't care if you like it or not. So there you go. Short <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's uh, I just, you know, encourage my people to be in the moment. You know, this has been a weird time. Uh, whether you've been cooped up with a different version of yourself, uh, some self-evaluation maybe you're happy with or not happy with, uh, home evaluation. You know, some people that are, you know, one, or maybe they've been at home and now they can't stand that significant other and they realize when they actually spend time with them they really didn't like them in the first place or there's some people that are like man like i've been a crappy father like this is so amazing like i've spent so much time with my son i taught him to ride a bike and whatever but you know come through this stuff and not be so uh you know the world's gonna keep changing and evolving and not be just kind of you know feeling a bubble of possibilities and frustration so uh embrace change and work your ass off be respectful to people and good things will happen that's and then true. I know that uh, things are kind of just like obviously evolving right now in your restaurants. So what's the best advice for people that want to come dine with you and be there with your food? Uh, have patience. You know, I know the communication is frustrating. Uh, pay attention. We're, we're constantly updating web websites, uh, social media. Things will get back to normal soon. So, uh, you know, it's a little harder in the world. We actually have to get back to a, you know, a point where all the information, things aren't just perfectly laid out for us. We got to pick up the phone and make a couple of phone calls these days. And, you know, that's going to be limited seating. So that's one thing I really encourage all diners is to be aware of that. And don't just expect because your favorite restaurant's open and they're going to have a space available because we are working with very tight limitations. So mm -hmm. it's very important to be calling these days and make a reservation if you want that kind of guarantee. Not saying it's impossible, but this is kind of the new norm for a few months. And, um, you know, communicate, you know, everyone's going to have a different opinion on what's appropriate and comfortable moving forward. Um, it's kind of like deciding what's, what's spicy, you know, uh, everyone's going to have their opinion. So as a consumer, if there's things that you need, you know, in this time, or you're, you know, thinking that one person's a little close to you, or you'd like it if the waiter just read the menu to you or whatever, just, just communicate. And we all have to work through this stuff together because just as much as even the government, you know, these guys have been trying their best, but they don't know what's going on and everyone's, you know, humans right now and we're all trying to figure this out so the best thing we can do again is just be respectful and communicate and uh you know the restaurant's about being here for the people um any restaurant that's too cool for school right now and is just you know this is the only way we do it you know if you don't like it blah, 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 that's not the time for that uh, other mom and all the restaurants are, are here for the community so right now our eyes are open our ears are open we're trying to listen to people and we're going to adapt uh to what's best for you know the staff uh food and the community. Damn, thank you said. so much. Awesome. And we'll be Hot by, food. of course, to get some yummy sushi. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you very much. I really appreciate Thanks. your time and a uh, great show. So, mm -hmm. Take care.
Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week. <laughs>